0: And uh, I appreciate you as well. Uh, I want to just perhaps uh, take my time, I should say, but I know I will get excited about the Word of God here. I've got my iPad ready, my my iPad Bible uh, ready to share the Word with you. I want to talk to you uh, from a subject, the resurrection, Jesus Christ being raised from the dead or raised out from among the dead. And when you are raised out from among the dead, that is an amazing uh, reality that God wants to, I believe, punctuate tonight for all of us. Now, we can be confident in God during these difficult times, these times of crises, because of the resurrection. And I want to bring that out clearly to you today. So when you see believers like, like me or, or others who are very confident and are not panicked, Uh, during these difficult times, even those who might die uh, uh, in the midst of this crisis, we are not afraid of death and we're not bogarting our way out. We're not being foolish. We're not being presumptuous. We're being careful and trying to obey all the rules. But even if death should come to us, we do not lose. And I want to make that point in a a very emphatic way. We do not lose. And so you find... um, as one, a believer who died from coronavirus, it doesn't mean that, uh, c- that God wasn't able. It means that God took that, that person. I believe, and most of us believe, that coronavirus didn't take them. God took them. All right? So you might die uh, with a coronavirus, but you don't die from it, not a, if you're a believer. And so res- But resurrection is so important because resurrection for us removed fear. It removed fear from the disciples. The disciples were fearful before the resurrection, but it it removed fear from them. It also uh, showed that if a man could beat death and and the grave, that nothing could beat that man. So they had renewed confidence in Jesus Christ because Jesus, this mild, meek, and gentle person, then came out of death alive. That's huge. And so the disciples... Uh, were greatly uh, emboldened or encouraged by that. They, were, they had such heart poured into them. They, had, they walked with confidence. They walked in patience and perseverance. They could go through anything because of the resurrection. And so those of us who know Jesus, uh, we are confident because of the resurrection. You may ask, well, how does that work? It works like this. Every believer, every blood-bought, blood-washed believer, that is, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, have confidence. We have the confidence of God. We have the confidence of Christ. We have the confidence of the disciples. Yes, and that means that we know that nothing can beat us. The Bible uh, talks about uh, God's desire for us or love for us, in John 3:16, when the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him, whoever believes in Jesus the Son, should not perish. And I notice it's very important that the, now in the beginning uh, when Jesus was born, uh, God loved the world, God loved the world that 's why He sent Jesus, and He sent Jesus so that those who would believe in this humble, wonderful, sinless being person, this young this man, then they would not perish but have everlasting life and so the Bible is very clear. At the very next verse, John tells us in verse 17, John 3:17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the wor- that the world through Him might be saved. And so God anticipated the cross even before the foundation of the world. God, uh, God anticipated the cross. He sent His Son to die. There is a story in the Gospels where Jesus tells a story. It's a parable to the rulers of the Jewish nation. Uh, They were rulers. They had become corrupt. Uh, They uh, had basically taken God's vineyard, God's vineyard, God's people, uh, God's um, uh, the oracles of God, like God's uh, uh, system of belief. They had taken it over, and. Jesus gave them a parable that, that uh, the, the owner of the vineyard, being Yahweh, would send messengers to them, prophets and various messengers, but they would maltreat them and he, some of them they would stone and others they would kill. And he says, and so the father or the owner of the vineyard finally decided to send his son and Jesus says, and they said, here's the heir, let's kill him and the vineyard will be ours. So what what John 3.16 says is that God anticipated the death of his son. Nevertheless, he sent his son to die for us. And and this amazing son, Jesus Christ, now is our confidence in times of trouble, and he is our joy when everything is going well or when they're going poorly. Now, I want to give you a couple of verses here. Uh, Matthew 28, 6, we'll read right now. It says, this is when the disciples uh, went to the grave, To uh, the, the women actually, Mary Magdalene and some of the women, went to the grave to make sure that Jesus had the proper aloes put on his body and the fragrant uh, spices, et cetera, on his body. And they found that he was not there. And in Matthew 26, the angel says, He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. So so Jesus had risen from the grave, and this rising from the grave gives us confidence because those of us who are believers have resurrection life living in us. And we know that there is a deeper reality uh, than just religion could bring us. There's a deeper reality in knowing Jesus. The resurrection is a very important voice in our lives right now. The resurrection of Jesus is one of the two greatest events that have ever happened uh, on planet Earth and in this universe, in the whole of the universe. The resurrection is one of the two greatest uh, events. Of course, the first was Christ's virgin birth. The virgin birth was the first time that a human being had been born on this earth by a direct act of God, by a direct act of God. No man involved in it. That's amazing. The Holy Spirit himself overshadowed a young virgin named Mary, produced in her womb a person, the Son of God. So the virgin birth is the most notable of all births. Without it, there's no Jesus Christ, there's no salvation, there's no eternal life for us. So I want you to understand that the virgin birth uh, was, was, as it were, a prophetic event, and a real and a prophetic event that was uh, implying something else. It was implying a sacrifice. It was implying a, d- a death on a cross, and it was, it was also uh, br- uh, implying a resurrection. Now, Jesus himself grew up, lived a sinless life uh, for 33 and a half years. Never sinned. Pleased God every second of every day, every day of every week, every week of every month, every month of every year. Jesus pleased God in, in every way. And as a result of his life, every person who wants to be pleasing to God must do so through Jesus Christ. So then you may ask, well, how is this pertinent to uh, to today? How is this pertinent? How does this encourage a person today? Just stay tuned. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, that we make it our aim, whether present or absent, that means alive or dead, to be well-pleasing to him. So we don't want to, as believers, be uh, bold, bodacious, or arrogantly, presenting the gospel, but sometimes some people mistake confidence for arrogance. Uh, and, and, or, and, and they think, well, the arrogance is confidence. No, no. What we want to do, we have confidence, we're not arrogant. They, they mistake the two. Many people mistake the two. They get them mixed up. And so if we live, if we want to live forever, we must come to God through Jesus Christ place our faith and our total confidence in him, who he is the only one whom God has set forth to be uh, the place where our sins are removed. We call that the propitiation, the place of mercy where God saves us. He is the only man to ever live a life that totally pleased God from birth to death, from the cradle to the grave. He honored God the Father with his life, And as we live through Jesus Christ, we live through that life, Jesus, then we are now equipped also to honor God. We are not equipped to honor God unless we live the life that Jesus lived. And so we must live his life through us and allow him to live his life through us as well. So the the God of peace, now we must honor God through uh, Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, the God of peace, who brought up the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. And he says he brought up Jesus Christ from the dead. This is our covenants. He brought up Jesus Christ from the dead through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Now, this is what what is so powerful about God and Christ, is that Jesus, when he died, took on the sins of the whole world, took on the sins of, of past sins, the present sins at that time and the future sins, all of our sins. He took them on himself and uh, he, ac- he actually took them into to death. So Paul says that um, the God of peace who brought up from the dead, the Lord Jesus, after all that he had taken on all that sin, his blood was so effective. His blood was so effective that even the sins of all of humanity could not keep him in the grave. That is a very, very powerful thing, and that's why we believers are confident. If you're in the, in the audience today, and I'm in that audience, and you're asking the question, well, how are you, and why are you so confident? How can you be so confident? We are confident because as we believed God, that is, by believing Jesus Christ, then God the Father gave us the Holy Spirit. So now we have the Holy Spirit living within us. That is the Spirit of God, who is not only uh, the life of God, but he is also God's chief witness. He is the witness to all these truths that happened thousands of years ago, and now he is in the uh, present-day believer speaking truth to us. So that's why we can be confident. That's why we can be confident. And the fact that after having gone in the grave, taken on the sin of the whole world, Jesus' blood was so efficacious, so effective that death could not hold him. That's huge for us. So we have to believe in the resurrection. Jesus also left our sin in the grave. So so all the sin that we had was left there, and, and uh, that which was separating us from God eternally no longer has the power to separate us. Why? Because it, Jesus, as it were, abolished it. He abolished it. He removed it from us, abolished that eternal death that we were living. This is why I believe the resurrection is one of the two greatest uh, acts of God in human history uh, and of the world and of the universe is because of what God has done through Jesus Christ in his resurrection. I want us to look at, for a moment, Jesus Christ's life. Uh, as was his life, so was his death. Now, sometimes we, as, as human beings, we want to sometimes live however we want to, but then uh, at the last moment, hit an escape hatch and somehow go to heaven. But Jesus lived... Uh, an exemplary life. He, he ha- died an exemplary death. That means it was the example for us. That is, Jesus pleased God. He loved God and pleased God. And now you and I please God through Christ by faith in Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how we please God. We're still human. That means that something could happen today that will just irk you, cause you to be angry or, or want to lash out at someone. But we have... The power of the Christ, of Jesus Christ, that is Jesus Christ's blood, has brought forgiveness to us. And so we have this very, very powerful tool called forgiveness. We can say, Father, I am so sorry I acted out of character. And he will say, forgiven. That's how that works. And so you and I are forgiven. So then we as a believer will have and can have and do have a clean slate every day. That is so powerful. And that's the resurrection has done that. See, Jesus, he died for our sins. He was and he was raised for our justification. So he was raised so that God would declare us not guilty. Wow, that's big. That's big. So that's what Jesus Christ has done in his resurrection. We are justified before God as believers. Somebody says that if somebody offers you a a particular deal, a business deal, and it's too good to be true? They said, it's probably not true. But I want to say something. In the kingdom of God, those things uh, that are true at, at quote unquote, in the world are f- sort of factual in the world. They're not so true in the kingdom where we live. You say, well, Don Lavelle, you're, you're here in, in the Corpus Christi, Texas, preaching the gospel. You are uh, in America. You are in the world. Yes, I am in the world in, in a physical sense, but I live another existence. I live another existence. Believers live another existence because God said that he has delivered us from the the power of darkness. He has delivered us from all of that. He has delivered us from Satan's kingdom and he has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Wow, isn't that amazing? He has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Wow, wow, wow. Now let me say this. I'm, I'm speaking so fast. I've got so much to say before my time is up. His death was, uh, was certain. His death was unmistakable. He was dead. There's no doubt that uh, the man that was hanging on the cross, lifeless, lifeless on the cross was dead. Uh, The forensics were there. Now, the forensics, that's uh, you who watch television, and I think there's a movie, a show called CSI or something like that in here in America. But you watch that, you talk about forensic evidence. It it means evidence that is provable, uh, indisputable evidence. And so Jesus' death is indisputable. It was at the time, and it is now indisputable. And just to make sure, a Roman soldier spoke speared him in the side, and out of his side came blood and water. He was examined by those whose duty it was to crucify men, and they examined him and said, he is dead. And so the spear thrust in his side is the last piece of forensic evidence that Jesus was dead, indisputably dead. And so many have set themselves forward to uh, dispute this indisputable fact to no avail And so let's look at the gospel record. Let's look at the gospel record. Now, I am sharing with you about the resurrection of Jesus because I want it to give you confidence that there is absolutely nothing that can happen to you outside the purview of God. There's absolutely nothing that can sneak up on God. The scripture teaches us clearly that you and I are in the hands of God, the palm of God, and nobody can pluck us out, snatch us out. Nobody can sneak up on God. Isn't that amazing? And so this gives you confidence. In John chapter 19, verses 32 and 32, And through 34, I want to summarize them. When the soldiers came to uh, to the two men who were crucified on either side of of Jesus, they broke their legs because they weren't dead so that they would go ahead and suffocate and die. But when they came to Jesus, he was already dead, so they did not break his his legs. And that's when the soldier uh, speared him in the side and out came blood and water. So uh, it's just terrible. They punctured, uh, I'm told, the sack around his heart. He was taken down from the cross by a member of the very council, the Sanhedrin, that had had him crucified. It was Joseph of Arimathea who had not consented to the death of the Lord but was a believer uh, in the Lord Jesus. He saw Jesus as being the Jewish Messiah. And and he is also the Gentile's Savior. So Joseph buried uh, the Lord Jesus in his own unused tomb Nicodemus, who had come to Jesus by night, is recorded in John chapter uh, 3. He was a fellow member of the Sanhedrin with Joseph. Uh, he helped Joseph by providing burial spices for the slain Messiah. Now, I say these things to solidify in your minds today that Jesus Christ was dead and that the resurrection is our confidence. It's our confidence. Amen. So, anyway, they buried Jesus. Um, in the tomb, as was that custom, and uh, put him in that particular tomb. And they did it hurriedly because it was the, the day of preparation and the Sabbath was, was approaching, so they wanted to make sure that uh, they were, had Jesus buried before that. I want to re- reiterate that we celebrate resurrection, which is powerfully equated with eternal life. Uh, not the Easter Bunny, which is a fairy tale. I, I just think it's such an affront to holiness to, to have the Easter Bunny and the, all of that um, mixed with this amazing reality of resurrection that a man got out of the grave to never die again. He totally beat death and gave his spirit, his overcoming spirit to all who would have faith. That's huge. And so that's why when we are in the midst of these situations, we are not uh, not overly or arrogantly confident, but we are, we are gloriously, in a sanctified way, confident in the Lord. It doesn't mean that we violate protocols. We don't do that. We should never do that. But we should always, always have the absence of fear. Now, notice what I said earlier, that when uh, Jesus... Uh, resurrected from the grave and the disciples saw him, fear wasn't their issue really anymore. It was not their issue anymore. And for those of us in the audience here, those of us who really see Jesus, fear is not our issue anymore. Amen. So this season is just too sacred to, to, for any other reason or any to be called any other thing. It is too great to be called by any name except what it is. It's, it's first fruits. It can be called first fruits because Jesus uh, was the first fruits of those who slept. So that means that Jesus is actually the very, very first man. The first fruits uh, of the resurrection or of resurrection life. Uh, so, uh, first fruits portends resurrection. And when I say portends, it means that Jesus' resurrection is a sign to us that something just like that is going to happen to us. It's something is coming. When we use the word it portends of something else, we mean something else is coming. So Jesus' resurrection is a sign that all who have faith will have a resurrection like his. So our resurrection is coming, our bodily resurrection. See, when we die, believers die, they go immediately to be with God. They go to heaven to be there with Jesus and then later when Jesus comes uh, to the earth to get everybody and to set up his amazing kingdom here, then then, uh, the bodies of all who died in faith will be uh, raised from the dead and they will be immortal forever and ever and ever. I think that is so amazing. That is so amazing. Also, this season is called Passover. It signifies death and escape. Death and escape. It started in ancient Egypt, as I shared with you in the last message. I shared uh, the the Israelis, Israelites were to take the blood from a, a spotless lamb, which prefigured Jesus Christ, spotless lamb without sin, and they were to take that blood and they were to uh, put it on the doorpost and on the lintel, so that uh, when the, the death angel came by to uh, through the night to judge of the Egyptian gods, to judge Egypt and all the Egyptian gods. When when, when God saw the blood, he made sure that the death, death angel passed over. So when he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And so all believers now are covered with the blood. No, you don't see that. But we are all covered by the blood. And I tell you that we can never, ever be taken As it were by death in the sense that death now has power over us no when we die we just leave here and go to be with jesus Uh, death is like an escape now for the believer we go out we go to be with god forever the resurrection of jesus christ is an act of god that changed human history forever An act of God that guarantees every true Christian of his own resurrection. And I've said that multiple times, and I want to say it because I want you to get that. I want you to know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a guarantee for us, all right? And uh, if you believe in the only begotten Son of God, then all will go well for you. I'm going to, uh, just maybe for the sake of time, uh, not say a few things, but let, let me go Let me go quickly to a few verses. Uh, In Matthew 26, 1 through 8, I would just like to read a little bit of it, sort of, of, uh, I'm going to break it up. And uh, the scripture says that on the first day of the week when it began to to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. Uh, There was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord uh, had descended from heaven and he came and rolled back the stone uh, from the, the door, and he sat on that stone. His countenance was like light, and the scripture says, The guards shook for fear of him who became and became like dead men. Those guards were like dead men, and they were shaking from fear of the angel. And the scripture, verse 5, says, But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid. He did not say to those who were outside Christ, Do not be afraid. People outside Christ will have great fear. Not only during this time, but as things worsen, they will have great fear. And if you are in Christ, you should be without fear. All right. He said he spoke to the women. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. So he said, don't be afraid. So I'm saying to you, do not be afraid. Yes, follow the protocols. But we don't follow the protocols because we are fearful. We follow the protocols because they are there for our safety. And so uh, he says to the women, do not be afraid. When he said that, he spoke that reality into them. And then he told them to go quickly and tell the disciples that Jesus was risen from the dead. And so the Bible says they went out quickly. You see, so people who are true Christians are obedient. And it says they ran from the tomb uh, with fear, not fear as being terrified, but a fear of the lord a healthy respect a healthy reverence for god and they ran out with that and great joy and they took the disciples word now my last verse is uh revelation chapter 1 uh, verses 17b and 18 where the word of god says do not be afraid these are the words of jesus christ himself do not be afraid i am the first and the last i am he who lives and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So what Jesus is saying to the believer, don't fear. Now, I don't want you again. I don't want you to be presumptuous. I don't want you to go out and, and uh, dare coronavirus. You should do what our health authorities have told us to do. Nevertheless, do not fear. Do not fear be afraid amen now let me pray for you lord i thank you for those in our audience today i bless them in the name of jesus christ i'm so grateful that they have joined us i pray that they have gotten something out of the word lord as i've rapidly gone through the message today i ask you lord god that you would uh, bless even somebody who is unsaved in our audience who says i would i want jesus christ i don't want to be afraid i don't want to be terrified i want christ I pray that that person would say right now, Dear God, come come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart right now. I receive you as my Savior and my Lord. And I pray, Lord, as they would pray like that, that Jesus, you would forgive them of their sins and save them today in Jesus Christ and cause them to lay hold of the resurrection as we have and be unafraid, unterrified. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen.
1: We could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, for you. You're holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Oh, he's so worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Yes, you are. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. of every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever say You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for Come and lead us, lead us with Your love, oh Jesus. And I. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken, and I will build my life on. Yeah.
0: Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe that. I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. So the, the last, I will not be shaken, means that because your trust is in Jesus, you cannot be shaken. The Bible says very clearly that we have been given an unshakable kingdom. We are part of what can never be shaken, never be moved. Ah, oh, this is so exciting. I'm glad that you joined us tonight. Uh, And I'm glad that you heard the message on resurrection and why we believers are so confident uh, in times of trouble, in times of crises. We are confident because our Lord Jesus, our Savior Jesus, our Deliverer Jesus has overcome everything that needed to be overcome. He beat the worst. He beat death. That's why we're here today. Now, before I I go, we're going to bless you. But I would like to just pray uh, for uh, those who are sick again. There's uh, Pastor um, Shafkat; his mom is very ill. And uh, we pray in Jesus' name that she would be made well and that, God, you would heal her and comfort his heart and comfort those believers there in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for having joined us I'm really revved up. I'm excited. You know, not reverend up, but revved up as in an engine, really ready to go. But uh, tonight, uh, it's time for us to, to leave you. But I would like for us to bless each other, and I want to bless you. And you can repeat after me in your home our blessing. So tonight, as we, as we go, we bless you by saying, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you. And the Lord give you His peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. And those whom God has blessed cannot be cursed. Amen. Have a good night.